0: Welcome to Hope Something Sticks, I'm Bert. I'm Matt. And today we'll be reviewing the first episode of uh, Game of Thrones. You know it. Uh, The pilot episode, also known as uh, Winterfell, I think the actual title is. Ooh, that's
1: embarrassing. Way to put me on the spot there. I don't know that that's the title. It doesn't really matter. I don't think HBO Uh, does
0: pilots. They actually do. So episode we saw was actually the second pilot of Game of Thrones. They actually made another pilot early on and they used almost none of the footage. I think the only thing that really made it was the cuts to Sansa when she was talking to Cersei mm-hmm. when there was a um, feast at Winterfell. Right. And you can see that Sophie Turner is noticeably younger than she is in all of her other scenes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it's been interesting that pilots like they liked it enough that they wanted to give it another chance but not enough to say okay let's just go with this I think they recast a few people chiefly I think they recast Daenerys' character and Catelyn's character oof that's gotta be harsh
1: you were the first one you you were the first one in
0: yeah I didn't know that yeah, there's a different Danny, and I'm pretty sure a different Catelyn as well. Well, that's awesome. So, that they finally, so recast, I, I, I love who they... So
1: the, I mean, Amelia Clark is fantastic, and I really should. I'm going to risk click noises here because I, I'm i not going to be able to not do research during this podcast.
0: I, and uh, Michelle Fairley does Catelyn, is really good too, isn't it? Thank you. Outstanding catch. I have it up already. Oh, good. And we don't have to listen to my keyboard strikes. As we're going on, uh, like everyone to know, that uh kind of doing full spoilers here, so anything that has to do with uh, all eight seasons of Game of Thrones, uh, the books. Oh, yeah. Um, we're jumping you know, it's, everywhere. Uh, it, it's, it's, fair, it's fair game. We're, we're going to focus in on uh, this episode, but we're going to reference other stuff. Oh, yeah. You're going to get teasers.
1: You're going to get spoilers. You're going to get information you didn't even want. That's the whole point of this. S- especially that. Yeah. You know? You're going to so get yeah.
0: all the books.
1: I can't believe you've read
0: the books. You're nuts. Not I only couldn't even make it through books. the first I, I, one. And I, I love I've read reading. the 2 I've read the two history books uh, based on the books. I love the YouTube maybe it's not on YouTube but I know it is on YouTube.
1: The uh, I love the histories, the animated histories that they did as the extra features back, yeah, back when DVDs, DVDs were Yeah. Yeah.
0: Those yeah. were great. Yeah, those are good. Mm-hmm.
1: Because that provides it's perfect. It's the cliff notes on the history and the backstory that you'll never even get that they never touch they may, might touch on with a sentence. In this series, and that's why I've had to watch this series an obscene amount of times uh, for what might be referred to as a normal person. I think I'm pushing seven or eight times through. Still seven. worth it. That's how good this show is. Everyone mm-hmm. should enjoy it. To me, this is like. I'm going to throw it back here. I, Claudius. You ever see that? Nah. Oh, man. So, I grew up with a PC game. I'm going to throw it even further back. I, th- I grew up with a PC game called Caesar 3. All right. Basically Sim City, but Roman times Sim City. Hmm. So, I grew up with that. I loved it. I played it every day. I'm not even exaggerating that one. I played it every day. It eventually led to me becoming an urban planner in graduate school. We're not going to go <laughs> down that crazy ass path. Not today. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Please not ever. Long, I'll give you the long story short on that one. It cost me hundred grand, and it wasn't worth it. <laughs> and then I fucking quit because I hated it so goddamn much.
0: <laughs> That'll be in our Life Lessons podcast.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: God. Be really sure before you start paying $100,000. Life for Lessons. The, life yeah. Lessons should be
1: retitled, uh, Here's a Dead End You Probably Shouldn't Follow.
0: <laughs> so... So, yeah, we open up with uh, three men on horseback riding through wherever, you know, could you say it, it's the, the north, the real north. Uh, north Yes, of the, wall. the north
1: sh- suburbs of Chicago.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're riding through and they're looking for wildlings, uh, which are people who live north of the wall. Wisconsinites. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, a lot more detail, of course, is given in the book. About uh, the characters that are riding through, uh, specifically the uh, the d-bag that keeps pushing the other two to uh, look for who killed the wildlings. Easy there, he
1: acts exactly like I do at work. It's like, you know what? You can leave if you want, but I'm gonna fucking kill you. And if I don't kill you, they're gonna kill you when you get back. How you like that? So get back to your job, goddammit. it. Then they did. <laughs> You're damn oh, yeah. right they did. Because I'm a good manager.
0: (laughs) So that dude's deal was he was actually uh, a son of a lord. So he was the only uh, person of nobility of the three of them. Hmm. And that's also kind of why he was in charge. uh, In the book, the Night Watch gives preferential treatment for the most part to uh, highborns as opposed to criminals. Right? They're the only ones with training. So why not? Yeah. So they go looking around, they uh stumble onto the White Walkers that proceed to murder them. One of the biggest differences in the books is um it kind of goes through the 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 fight between the uh the Lord's son and the White Walkers. He actually doesn't just, you know, go out like a punk. And the the White Walkers are different too. Uh they're actually described as uh Kind of uh, beautiful, basically looking like people that have ice for skin. Really? Yeah, they don't look all fucked up and wrinkly in the book. Yeah, they
1: shrivel them up good.
0: Yeah, and uh, even like their their swords, which kind of oh. look that way in the show, and their armor also kind of looks like ice. So,
1: I don't think they lost anything there. I don't think so either. Um, a, lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they, they lose it when it's not the same exact thing that they read. And I don't get that at all. I don't get it. Yeah. It's a different medium of art. Get over yourself. You can't, if, if I wanted to copy and paste a book, what the hell was the point of watching it? Visual representation. Do what you want
0: it's probably a lot easier to portray them that way and also just making them look more, you know, monster-ish in general. Oh, yeah. It was great. Uh,
1: they creeped him out good.
0: Yeah. Creeped me out. So, they kill the first two guys. For some reason, let the third guy go. Yeah, uh, they,
1: I, yeah they, they really
0: let that one slide a little bit. Yeah. There's some plot holes.
1: <laughs> I Especially...
0: Think They were really creeped out by his shitty mustache and just left. (laughs) I
1: guess, yeah.
0: I didn't even notice that dude had a mustache, but he had the quintessential, perfect, terrible mustache. He had blonde hair, so it was kind of hard to see. Oh man, yeah. It really. I mean, he
1: was probably sent to the wall just for that. They don't. They don't say why. Did they? They say in the the book why they these guys were at the wall? Sometimes they other characters they.
0: Yeah, the wall's Uh, a place for the criminals and the
1: shitheads of society. By the way. <laughs> as we learn yeah. later
0: I don't remember um, I know the lord's son volunteered because he was like he was probably like third or fourth in lines like oh, I'm never going to be lord so mm, gotcha fuck it
1: hey you can live You know, what's that uh, phrase better to be a master in hell than a servant in heaven or something along those lines yeah, that's what Satan said. Yeah. So he, he, t- he took the Satan argument on that one.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's too bad they didn't... Uh, so in the book, he actually had a fight scene. Because they don't yeah. show him dying. They, all he gets is a
0: scream. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then we get... Which is too bad. You sounded a little bit better than that. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good one. <sighs> well, alright. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> I don't feel like screaming into the microphone right now. are All right,
0: jacking him off. I'm not <laughs> 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 too cold. Too cold. <laughs> <laughs> sure,
1: it was a good one. Imagine if uh, you, you know you see your car getting driven off by a criminal. That's I, I'd yell. I'd yell at the car, even though you know what? I'm not gonna. It's not gonna do anything. He's not gonna stop. If he didn't even hear it, and my neighbors aren't gonna do shit because. It's none of their damn business. I'm trying to make it their business. So he is a good yell. But then we get... Ugh, we just get the treat. The part that... (laughs) That just enamored me to the show. We get the first head slice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Get the second one, like, three minutes later. (laughs) And then we get (laughs) (laughs) another... Oh, my God. And it's just so
1: dirty, because you get the head slice, and you don't just get that. He dirties the next guy afterwards. He's just like, hey, you want this? And he hucks the head at the other dude with the shit mustache, who apparently has outstanding climbing ability or very good tunneling work. This dude's a mole or a Valkyrie or... Maybe he's got some magic going on. Because later on in the episode... I'm gonna jump way ahead here. When they find him, the dude is—he's like, "Hey, I gotta tell somebody." Why? Why he didn't? Yeah. Why he didn't just go back to? There's a lot that. Is is, is, is that like
0: on the way?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who? He had to escape. Well, I guess I guess they would have killed him. That was the whole point. But he wants to tell everybody. But they're gonna kill him anyway. I does not make no sense. There's a few things that don't make any sense <laughs> in this scene. But in the first episode, you don't know. You don't yeah. know, and unless you've read the books, y- 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 you don't know. Yeah, the, don't magic know of the, the, the magic wall, of the, movie.
0: the, magic the wall of the movie. is almost impenetrable. Pretty much the only way to get back is to go to Castle Black. Right. You don't know that yet. Yeah, there's
1: only three there's only like three access points. Yeah. There used to be hundreds of them, but
0: that he knows of. And for
1: anybody who I'm assuming this podcast is going to be for people who this is going to be like a Cliff Notes for anybody who hasn't actually seen the show. So the wall is is basically like Hadrian's Wall in Britain. It's, yeah. It's almost exactly copying that where they were they hated the Scots, or hated or just couldn't deal with. It's probably just deal with. It was cheaper to build a giant wall across the entire country and say, you know what? Let's just try to keep them out because <laughs> these guys are. They really take their soccer seriously, and we got to—we just get—they—they're they, too—they're too energetic about it. We got to keep them out. And so the the wall in Game of Thrones is is that, keeping them out. And this one guy is able to. Bert, how tall is this wall? I think it's seven hundred feet tall. Seven. So this guy, cli Do they actually talk about how this guy gets across?
0: No they're even in the book they don't say i don't think so that's awesome
1: that's how insane it is for this next scene but you only figure all this crap out after having watched
0: probably like another three episodes and you forgot by then
1: yeah because there's it's information overload
0: yeah so i jumped ahead there no that's fine so after the those two night watchmen die And somehow that other guy escapes He cuts to Winterfell Which is a castle uh, That's run by Edard Stark, the lord of Winterfell And the northern Country called The North The most unoriginal Of all the country names
1: Hey, it stuck
0: Yep Toronto stole it <laughs> The big white north so, uh, you kind of get an introduction to most of the main characters, which are uh, pretty much all the Starks uh, mm. in the Stark family. So, there's Edard Stark, his wife Catelyn Stark, his eldest son Robb Stark, his uh, bastard son Jon Snow, uh, his daughter Sansa, his other daughter Arya, his son Bran, and his youngest son Rickon. And you kind of Introduced to all of them Um For the first few seconds Of the scene Bran is Uh Working on his Marksmanship Fog on an arrow And then gets Totally shown up By uh, Arya Who was previously Uh Sewing
1: Yeah It's fantastic I love how they just Jumped right in To her character development
0: mm-hmm.
1: And they didn't Skip a beat You know they, they haven't skipped A beat the entire You know to You know i love jumping ahead they travel they they drag that along and and really
0: like i said before she's my favorite character so i could talk about her for all time so she's definitely the most developed character and has like the most consistent arc from being a kind of a tomboy to a super assassin killer yes
1: but she only became
0: that killer because she you
1: well. Know, it's all a bunch of murder. <laughs> yeah. Medieval times
0: mm-hmm.
1: call for medieval measures.
0: Nobody says that. <laughs> so the master of arms, uh, what's his face? What's the master of arms' Ooh. name? Good call. Sir Roderick, wasn't it? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, comes to Lord Stark, which was played by uh, Sean Bean, which is really kind of a meta kind of foreshadowing to tell that Eddard Stark is going to die.
1: Uh, for the old folks but- in the room, me. <laughs> 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 what is what is meta?
0: <laughs> so kind of uh, outside of the show, the, the fact that Sean Bean dies in almost every role he's in.
1: Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Goldeneye.
0: Yep. <laughs> Dirty Cossack. So, uh, Sir Roderick tells at our start that, uh, they found a deserter from the wall, which is a little mustache boy from before. Oh, yeah. Roderick's the shit. Yep. So, him, his nickname's Ned, so call called Ned. Him, Ned, Rob, John, and Bran, uh, along with a few of their soldiers, go Catch the guy uh, who banded the wall.
1: Right, Mr. Thin the Mustache. Then,
0: yeah. They ask, you know, if any last words or whatever. He says, I saw the White Walkers and no one really believes I like, Pff, okay, buddy. Time to chop your head off now. And then, yeah, nobody uh, believes I, White Walkers because this is like
1: the equivalent of you basically saw the boogeyman. I'm like, okay, dude. Yeah. This is the part in the horror movie. Where nobody believes the first person killed, but you're getting outstanding imagery because there's there's a scene back there that they don't continue on, and I forgot about. They don't mm-hmm. really continue on the showing of the wide shot of where you are in the world. No, like Winterfell, they don't show. Th- this is the capital of the North. This is Toro- This is Toronto. Yeah, they don't show Toronto as a wide shot. They don't show the city line, you know, the skyline. And later on in the show, they don't show King's Landing, the capital of, you know, it's London. I just mixed up the metaphors there geographically, but you get the idea.
0: <laughs>
1: because Westeros looks like England. Ha! Yeah. So I guess what would be. So as opposed to Toronto, let's go all the way over to the UK. What would Glasgow. be. Uh, yeah, sure. There you go. Perfect. What? Glasgow. Isn't Edinburgh the capital of Scotland?
0: I don't know. That's the, that's the biggest city I know of in Scotland is Glasgow. All right, fair enough. But sure, Edinburgh, too. Either one of those.
1: Big it's city some... up north of London. It's... Pick one. Mm-hmm. Ain't going to be the fucking Shetland Islands. But I love those wide shots, and that wide shot happens in of Winterfell. And then they actually threw up the text saying, this is Winterfell. Yeah. Later on in the seasons, they completely abandoned this.
0: Yeah. The they just rely on the uh, on the map for the uh, on the on the intro. Right,
1: right. The awesome intros. Yes. They spent so much money on those intros.
0: I know, but they <laughs> they might be the best intros in the history of TV. Yeah, they did start like a whole. They basically
1: started a whole new industry. Yeah. Uh, who's that? Power and Light is the. Uh, I think Power and Light's the production company, and that's all they do. They just do uh, they. I think that's the production company that just makes intros for shows. I don't know if that's such a huge thing anymore, but phew. Hey, sometimes it's worth it.
0: Yeah, HBO does did a few of those like um mm-hmm. Young Pope had a really good intro. I haven't caught that one. I haven't caught it either, but uh I was gonna reference West
1: Westworld and yeah, Westworld uh, was True Pretty Detective. Good. And in the and the
0: Night of, which was a miniseries. Yeah, I, I would recommend uh, watching at least the intro for the young pope.
1: Okay, I'll check that out.
0: Uh, it's good. They yeah, d- definitely they went all out on the intro. the mm. The theme song, the theme music, is outstanding and instantly recognizable. And, uh, and and it is helpful to kind of show you where generally everything is. Like the wall is, you know, the most northern part that you'll see for a while and then a little bit below that is Winterfell, and then way south of that is king's landing okay and where's danny at the time oh
1: she's across the sea
0: i know she's across the sea but where's in pentos city? pentos that's right Mm-hmm. and they even drop that yeah and that's
1: the, that's one of the only times you ever get to hear the name They're, pentos mm-hmm. and this is such a huge i mean I know it's Pivotal for the story because you know they don't go entirely into the Targaryen, they, don't, they barely even touch on the Targaryen story. Robert mentions there's
0: so much to the Targaryen story. Oh my god, there, and there's so much the show doesn't go into for the Targaryen story, which is fun. It's
1: the first episode. How much are you gonna lay on somebody?
0: No, I'm just saying, in general, there's a lot of Targaryen stuff in the books. Uh, that is basically ignored. There's even uh, a huge plot line in the books so that's completely ignored in the show. Hmm. And yeah, moving on, Danny, the uh, her scene. So, so Danny was played by Amelia uh, Clark and her brother Viserys which we don't get to see a whole lot of him in the entirety of the show. <laughs> unfortunately,
1: he's he's uh, a concentrated character.
0: Yeah harry Lloyd ploys him and he is perfect uh, as this guy i mean he just has the most punchable face especially when he does that smile oh yeah yeah he just plays a sniveling worm yeah he's so your,
1: well. he's your perfect <sighs> he's just the guy that you don't want to root for and you know it almost instantaneously and if you didn't know it instantaneously, you get a good whiff of it about two minutes later, when he takes his sister's dress off, and he just starts sort of feeling her up like she's a piece of meat.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: He's not attracted to her, even though that's like kind of a Targaryen thing. That's a royalty thing. They keep that uh that real life thing alive.
0: Um, I guess they don't really Yeah, really touch on that on in the show, but in the book, oh, it's they not do li- eventually. It's th- <laughs> <laughs> they lay it on good and hard. Yeah, it, in the book, it's implied that uh, either he's attracted to her or he expected to marry her, at least until he decided to marry her off, because their parents were siblings, and yeah, that's the general rule of the Targaryens. It's the general rule of
1: all royalty ever. Why well, you shouldn't trust them. That and they think they're gods.
0: Or exceptional. So, we start off in Pentos. Viserys um, uh, goes up to his sister and they kind of talk about how they've been guests of Magister Illyrio who's this really rich guy uh, in the city of Pentos which is on a different continent from Westeros. It's east of Westeros. Um... And talking about marrying her off to Cal um, Drogo, this leader of this gigantic horde of—they're uh, kind of like the Mongols in a way.
1: Yeah, I was about to say Genghis Khan. He's Genghis yeah, Khan. Yeah, he's, he's basically Genghis Khan. He's—he's like he's one of many Geng—he's many one of many khan's. <laughs> yeah, but he—but he,
0: he's like the 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 big one. He he has the largest Kalasar, which is basically the. He has the most amount of people following him. Right. Uh, And he's especially badass, and he looks just like Jason Momoa, which doesn't hurt.
1: Right. And I think this is the world's first introduction to Jason Momoa. And he doesn't say
0: anything. (laughs) He says no a few times.
1: But not his first scene. His first scene is zero. Yeah. Zilch. Nothing. He's on horseback. He looks at her with her nips popping out of her dress, and he's like... "Mm." It doesn't, even, yeah. it doesn't even go,
0: mm-hmm. You get yeah, it basically just does this glare for a little while and shows off his ponytail. Yep. So, so yeah, that's the next scene. Uh, they present her to Cal Drogo. Uh, him and his, uh, his best buds, uh, also known as his Blood Riders, mm-hmm. uh, go check her out, and then they leave. And since they don't just kill everyone, uh, that is Dothraki code for he likes her.
1: <laughs> that follows true to the book there. Doth write uh, the
0: code. Yeah. For the most part besides the few things that I'm I've mentioned and will mention, the first book and the first season uh are almost pitch perfect identical. Oh. Uh nice. there's there's very few changes. Um like it it's mostly aesthetic changes, like the White Walkers. The, the plot is pretty much exactly the same uh, and they don't even cut a whole lot out I guess they just explain a little bit less but um, there's not a whole there's nothing meaningful that happens in the first book that doesn't happen in the first season and it goes pretty much the exact same way as it does uh, here and kind of further on in the se- season two is also pretty good and three and, and but then subtle changes pop out and then that spreads into bigger changes and and also, you run out of book around the end of the last few seasons, so they just kind of right. made it up, yeah. And uh, one thing, um, uh, in that scene where Cal kind of rides in and rides out, uh, can actually see the first or like kind of the first pass at the uh, unsullied that you see in another two seasons or so. Illyrio has uh, unsullied soldiers uh guarding him And uh they go by basically what they look like in the book where they have helmets with a spike in them, kinda like uh German World War One helmets. Really? Yeah. They kind of
1: uh Well they kept that, that they they kept that uh that fashion style going forward, but I I noticed those bodyguards and they definitely changed their outfits a little bit, so I didn't recognize. I didn't recognize them. And definitely, yeah. one of those guys was fat as hell.
0: So he was yeah, a, he was an
1: old ass bodyguard.
0: That's all. That was also uh, true to the book. Um,
1: Hilario's guys are a little bit. Eh, now you're tough. Now you're tier one guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> these are bench players at best.
0: If you get unsullied and uh, you just have them as your guards. A lot of times they just get kind of fat.
1: Well, I guess you have to tell them what to do, don't you? All right, start working yeah. out. All right, stop working out. If you just tell them to stand there the entire time. They will do that. Yeah. Oh man, great scenes. I don't. What what is that? Season four? Season five? You don't. You get a real in-depth look at the Unsullied. When you first see
0: them, uh, let's. I think it's season three sounds even more accurate. Yes, because... Because reckons... season, season two, they're in Karth. And right, after they leave right, Karth, right, 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 then, right. then they pick up the Unsullied. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know. so you see them in season three. Yeah, that's the first stop uh, in
1: the campaign of
0: terror. And then you cut to the series talking to Illyrio about uh, basically what Khal is going to give him for his sister... Which is to conquer the uh, Westeros in his name. It's fun because rewatching
1: it, you, you notice this fun little uh, conversation tactic throughout the entire series in every episode going forward. They will summarize enormous parts of the book in a sentence or two.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's,
1: it's no way anyone would ever talk like okay so this is everything that's happened up until this point and now i'm upset so on <laughs> and so forth yeah and I it's, mean, it's kind of annoying yeah you, you the... look at it and you're like okay you're treating me like a child like i don't remember everything but i don't remember everything and i need to be treated like a child <laughs> thank you hbo and writers and directors
0: and uh it kind of just gets more character development but you you see more of the character of the series and what kind of like, guy he is uh, every second. yeah every, yeah
1: everything out of his mouth he stays true to it he doesn't waver for a minute every second every second of his being it's a big baby who doesn't know his thumb from his dick and he's always had a silver spoon up his ass
0: yeah and uh, but you do see kind of the starting point of Danny's development as she's just like basically this scared girl at the beginning of the series and goes forward from there to a very dis- different person. Absolutely. Uh, I love it. Uh, another either? thing, uh, in the first scene of Danny, uh, when she's inside the Illyrio's palace, you kind of see first, like a hint of that she's not normal uh, physically, where she goes in this really hot tub. The, the slave girl says, no, it's too hot. But she mm-hmm. just like walks into it unfazed. Right. And uh, you kind of throughout the season are given like get hints that heat doesn't affect Danny until at the very end of this season where she just walks into a a fire and Absolutely. She's fine. So anyway and, they,
1: and Viserys references it too, because he says that he is the dragon and that's how he tortures Danny, right? Daenerys. Yeah. I'm shortening we're gonna shorten Daenerys to Danny. I'm going yeah. to to Danny. Yeah. D A N Y for anybody curious as to how to spell that and d-a-e-n-y-r-a-e-u-s-s-u-a-e-o-e-o-e-o-e <laughs> let me tell you something the spelling of these names throughout the book is hilarious he uh, i i had to mention that I, I think we glossed over that part because you said well <laughs> ned is shortened to ned it's actually yeah, from nettered it's not even it it's,
0: it, it's edard oh it's edard yeah. Where does... where does The end Ed come from, I have where does Ned no come from? Or whatever. Because they didn't want to call him Ed.
1: <laughs> yeah, my name's Richard. What do you shorten that down to?
0: Dick. Dick.
1: <laughs> what? Where do you get Dick from? Because I got one. guess that makes sense. We're going to roll with that. We're going to roll with that for the next few hundred years.
0: My name's Richard, but you can call me Rich... Whatever get <laughs> Rich. Get the fuck out of here, dick. <laughs> Your name is Dick now. Yeah, my name's
1: Eddard, guys. Shut up, Ned. D- what? It doesn't even make sense. Sorry, guys, it's. It's Neddard. Nedard? You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to enunciate that extra part. It's just. It's just, m- just Ed. It's just Eddard. Just one one little thing. Shut up, Ned.
0: Yeah. But I think that I is the only other name that sh- is shortened from the main cast would be Catlin to Cat. Everyone else is wow. fairly short yeah, names, you know.
1: <laughs> and Arya too. Aria. Aria. <laughs> yeah. Or Bran too. Bran. Is it? Aria? Oh, it's, Bra- it's, Bra- it's Bran. It's Brandon. Sorry, Brandon
0: with seven O's. Some yeah, craziest wow. shit. Yeah, who with knows? Two bees. So after that scene, you stick with Danny at her uh, wedding, where she's just hanging out with Cal Drogo, uh, like Viserys 20. being yeah. more of a dick. It's a uh, fantastic wedding, love it. <laughs> like it's, it's basically like this uh, drugged up rave. <laughs> you can just everyone's say, dry humping each rave. other.
1: Yeah, dry yeah. humping.
0: It starts with dry humming. Let me like, tell you yeah. something.
1: I was doing some research the other day. There's some real fucking going on. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. God bless it... everyone who goes to raves and gets drugged <laughs> up and, and fucks on camera. A lot of us need that. <laughs> you know, to see it.
0: They're married, they get uh, all kinds of gifts from the people who get a, a box of snakes. Mm hmm. Gotta have that. Uh, Books. Uh, books. uh, There's always some old guy giving you books. Yep. This old guy Uh, ends up being an incredibly pivotal character. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Jorah Mormont played by somebody.
1: Ooh, man. I'm failing miserably. Usually I'm really good at this game.
0: I'm not just just tooting my own horn.
1: I'm usually really good at this game. Sean Bean. Kidding. No. I know it's not Sean Bean. It's Sean Bean's. Well, they, I mean, they do have a relationship, which is interesting because they never actually meet again in the show, even though they reference this relationship yeah. later on well, in the season. Whatever
0: his, his name is. uh ah, Can't even find it. It's somewhere in here. He's a well known actor i know uh yeah, got imdb that shit man it's right there you said you were i man. am okay ian glenn
1: i knew that
0: <laughs> that's gonna bug me that's good he's also scottish they, they get most scottish you,
1: actors i failed you miserably and i so, uh, yeah. i don't intend to do that again
0: sir so sir Jerome mormont is uh a westerosi who was exiled by ned stark uh, because he sold poachers uh, into slavery because he and I gotta was give, fairly impromptu. I gotta give
1: Viserys some credit here because eventually, I don't know, this is probably, uh, I think I'm jumping ahead like three episodes here. Mm-hmm. But Viserys eventually has a conversation with Jorah about how that's just ridiculous. The idea of selling uh-huh. criminals into slavery.
0: It's like, uh, in
1: my kingdom, you're not.
0: No, that was right. that conversation. That was the first episode. Was it? Yeah, he, he was hanging out with uh, Viserys. After he gave the books, he was hanging out with Viserys kind of talking about whatever. Uh, so he mentioned that at the wedding. Oh, in the book. No, the show too. I'll review that. <laughs> Pretty
1: sure. All right. That's so, me not believing you at all. I'm going to wrong try. I can just edit it out. Uh-huh. So well, okay. I'm never wrong. you can edit it out of this. And you can edit it out of posterity. And you can make everybody <laughs> think that you're fucking right. I got news for you. You're fucking wrong. <laughs> I know you're Let's wrong. See. And you know you're wrong. That's the best part about it. Is <laughs> that it will eat you from the inside and ultimately kill you. Pretty sure I'm not
0: wrong
1: (laughs) It's better for the healing process If you admit it now That's what I'm
0: getting at So Illyrio gifts them Three dragon eggs Three dragon eggs uh, That he assumes are fossilized Uh Um, (laughs) I would would hope to think so Who the hell would give those away (laughs) (laughs) Well here's some worthless shit They're still beautiful though so Danny being a Targaryen has a kind of kinship with dragons cuz the Targaryens used to be able to ride and control dragons and they uh, bred them um it's yes. part back of their the sigil. Early days. Yep. And it's their sigil a three-headed dragon which is symbol for the their first three dragons that they used to conquer Westeros. It's
1: all about the sigil in Westeros. Mm-hmm. You can't get enough of it. Yeah. I guess their dicks hard. Yep, it's your team, Targaryen. Your team mm. Stark. Your team. Your authority is not recognized in Fort Kickass. So on and so forth.
0: So after the wedding ends, Caldrogo uh, gives his wife Dani a gift—a uh, white mare—and mm-hmm. they ride off together into the sunset. Now. <laughs> So, the next scene coming up is different from the books, but the interesting thing is how the scene plays out with Cal Drogo and Danny is different from the first pilot to the second pilot. So, in the book, in the first pilot, Danny, you know, as far as like having sex with Cal Drogo on their wedding night, Danny just kind of rolls with it. Um, it's like, well, we're both here, so let's uh, get this done. Whereas in the episode that we see, uh, it's a lot more rapey. Yes, very rapey. But the book isn't that well, different. It's not uh, in the book. She uh, she's cool with it.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Is it's it's a hundred percent different. Yeah. Or one hundred and eighty degrees, depending on how you like looking at phrasing mm-hmm. such things.
0: And the in the first pilot. Uh, Was also uh, Danny rolling with it
1: And as a trigger warning Should we mention uh, how old everyone is supposed to be Versus how they actually appear So that you can Totally lose Whatever boner you might be having right now
0: Yeah we can talk about that Um, Of the characters are aged up In the show
1: Oh you just jumped right back into it
0: Yep (laughs) A lot lot of the characters uh, are aged Up in the show Especially the uh, the younger characters. So Rob Danny, who are both adults in the show, are either 13 or 14 in the book instead of being young adults. I think they're supposed to be like 18, 19, 20 in the show. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, Sansa is aged... Up a little bit I think she's 13 in the show And 11 in the book Well we don't have to get hella specific about it I mean it's
1: There's a significant um, age markup In the show Mm -hmm. Because one Child actors usually suck And two It's fucked up
0: Yeah But the child actors that they have on this show Are generally really good Yeah Almost everybody No, everybody nailed
1: it. Yeah. There is there isn't a single child actor. Even Rickon.
0: Yep. Yeah. And uh and because they aged up the kids, they also basically had to age up the adults too. Uh the adults in the book are in their thirties, mm. I think probably like early thirties. Right, right. Uh and they're like just shy of their forties. I think in the uh, in the show, and uh, yeah, so kind of so going back to the uh, the show, that's about it for Danny's part in the show. Back to Winterfell, you have man, we really <laughs> there's a whole lot to go through in Winterfell, so um, we only kind of went through the first scene. Now,
1: yeah, we could jump ahead if you want to not you
0: know linger on stuff.
1: Tyrion likes whoring.
0: Well, one thing we should t- touch on is uh, on the way back from beheading that guy. On the way back from beheading that uh, that Night's Watchman, they stumble upon a uh, a dead stag, and from there they find a dead direwolf, hmm. which is which is strange because uh, there are no direwolves that live. On the south side of the wall, they all live uh, north of the wall, right? Uh, and it the the dire wolf was killed by trying to hunt down the stag and got a antler to the neck. Uh, it was able to kind of walk away about a hundred yards or so and back to its uh, cubs. And um, you see it dead, you know, with their the cubs kind of suckling at their dead mother. So, Ed decides to kill them, and his ward, uh, Theon Greyjoy, is like, ooh, okay, time for puppy murder. Uh, oh, he doesn't the, relish in it, he's just
1: doing his job. He, yeah, he doesn't blink. <laughs> uh, he, but They don't um, go into him. They, they don't um, explain that situation at all going no. forward. They never explain this. It took me... This is why it took me seven or eight watches through. Because eventually this character becomes so important. But his backstory is never fleshed out. And so you just get this little snippet. All you're getting is... Okay, here's the family. Right? Yeah. But then there, here's this other guy. And he does mention once... I take orders from your father. Not you. And that's that's all you get. And that's... Yeah. I guess that's what speaks to the genius. Eventually, I mean, I don't know if you want to call that the genius of the show, but I <laughs> I don't think they were intentionally trying to keep that vague.
0: No. And they kind of threw his backstory in like a few like conversations between other people a little later on in the season. But for people who don't know, Theon Greyjoy uh, is a son of another lord a lord of uh it's called the iron Islands, which is a little bit southwest of the north and uh, his father decided to rebel against the uh it's called the the iron throne which is basically mean rebelling against the uh royalty of westeros and declare themselves their own independent country again which they originally were and Nobody was having that, so the basically the rest of the entire country went to stop the rebellion, and they did. They killed uh, all of Lord Greyjoy's other sons, uh, besides Theon. Theon was the youngest, he was like eight years old. Uh, the rest of his sons were fighting age and they all died. And uh, at the end of the rebellion, uh, one of the terms for his surrender was to uh, basically have Theon be a hostage of Ned Stark at Winterfell and Theon would be uh, Ned's ward. I love this and, idea. Yeah, the and way. the and the idea was uh, for Ned and uh, King Robert was to basically make Theon kind of a Northman uh, culturally and, you know, he's the only heir to the Iron Islands. They figure... So he would eventually take over the Iron Islands and then he would kind of constitute a change within them and so they would stop rebelling because um, anyone who like reads the books and kind of the expanded universe uh, of the world knows that the Iron Islands rebel a lot.
1: That's what they're known for. Yeah. All these families. Everybody's known for a thing. Mm-hmm. Which is... No different than real life, unfortunately. Your stereotype is your family, however, in Game of Thrones. And their family is... (laughs) Archery. fucking, And failed rebellions. Not just rebellions. They're gonna fail. And they're gonna do it anyway. And you're gonna like it. Whether you like it or not.
0: Because they're Viking pirates. I love it.
1: And hate it. Because pieces of shit. An integral part of human history. And none of this is spelled out. You get one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> you get one sentence to, to, to condense all of this history. You get one little, one little hint.
0: So back to the puppies. Uh, Jon Snow convinces Ned to not kill them and to keep them as pets. Stating mm-hmm. that They see five puppies, and there are five Stark kids. Yeah, he just jumps in with this one.
1: This is just... I mean, this just straight up comes in out of nowhere. Amazing realization. Outstanding timing. Mm -hmm. He sees that sixth puppy. He sees him. (laughs) And he knows he's about to get himself a dog. He's like, oh shit, I get a dog right now. And it's going to be not just any dog. It's going to be a super dog. That's what a dire wolf is, by the way. It's a super yeah. dog Which might as well be a wolf But like a prehistoric wolf Which they also don't explain Because how the fuck did an animal Get past this 70 story wall No but they never talk about How this massive animal Just migrated south What did it swim In frozen waters This so, wall is far north Everybody, So there's
0: actually it's Far north there's some pretty good fan theories about how that wolf got across the wall. I don't know if we want to go into it here. Nah. And it kind of goes into very <laughs> deep fan theory.
1: I know I just touched on it, but yeah, sure, go into it, because I, I, I don't get it. How does a giant wolf. Give me the snapshot. How does a giant wolf make it past a giant wall? Because we never. The show never, never goes to the edge of the wall. So, almost almost okay. never, I should say.
0: All right, you, you know the three-eyed Raven, right? Sure. It's theorized that he skin changed into, which basically means control the wolf, uh, I get and you. then okay. hat that. And there are actually passages, uh, like magical passages through the wall. Okay. That that uh, Magi- he's aware of. Back up. Yeah.
1: Magical passages through
0: the wall
1: exist. Yeah. Okay, yes. I'll just take that as fact, and we'll just keep moving. Go. It's ahead.
0: they're in the books. Okay, I have to take your word for so, it. So, so he could have just skin changed into that wolf, take one of those paths through the wall.
1: Oh, could have. What happened in the book?
0: They don't talk about how this. They works don't. They don't down. talk about it again. It's a what the hell theory. would have, Why the hell would
1: have? Okay, fan theory. Gotcha.
0: And uh, because he knew that
1: in this giant tome of a
0: book how do you lapse on the migrations of wolves <laughs> uh, it might it might come it might actually come up later because uh, in the books bran is still with the three-eyed raven mm, so okay. you don't you don't get a whole lot of facts from him quite yet but uh, you kind of just get a sense of what what his powers are and that would be within his power to do to somehow make a wolf go through a wall mhm magically Yeah, like, we'll go through one of the passages in the wall.
1: I suppose there are several towers, and the towers are not manned. And nature always finds a way. That's how I want to think about it. There are secret passages. They don't even have to be secret. I mean, eventually, Bran and everybody else, they make it through uh, uh, an unguarded tower. Because there are hundreds of unguarded towers. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Or whatever that number actually is. Alright, well, that was a nice Complete deviation from episode 1 Into episodes yep. 7 through season 8 <laughs> Yeah, I'm no, just kidding
0: they're, pa- they're past the wall on season 5 mm-hmm. Alright, so they go back to Winterfell And Ned learns that uh, His mentor, Robert Aaron Mm-hmm died who is the hand of the king and what the hand of the king is is basically kind of like the vice president uh, no he's
1: so much more than that he actually does something
0: he's like a combination of the vice president and the secretary of state he's i'll give you secretary of state sure
1: but he's also like the defense minister
0: (laughs) yeah he, he, he he has a lot of portfolios yeah but it's also dependent on What the king wants to give him Like he, he doesn't Basically he, he does what the king Wants him to do So if the king doesn't want to do anything He basically pawns off All of his duties onto the hand of the king sure. yeah, it, it's, it's a very It's this, the second in command You know uh, what? He's w- like, Within the hierarchy
1: You know what he is the vice president If the vice president Was utilized as Dick Cheney utilize yeah. the vice presidency.
0: It's actually not Robert Aaron, John Aaron. John Aaron's dead uh, and the king sent him a letter uh, via Raven, which is how uh, kings and lords communicate with each other yep. through messenger ravens. Yep, that's your uh, instant messenger. Yep. Or your tweets. Well,
1: as, it, as instant as you can. It'd be nice if you could yep. shoot down every tweet.
0: <laughs> so I guess the letter from uh, the king Roberts that uh, John Aaron's dead, and that he's making his way to Winterfell. And uh, Ed correctly surmises that the king wants him to be the new Hand of the King because they go way back. Uh, they were actually both wards of uh, John Arryn and fought together to overthrow the previous king. They go way back, and also Robert was intended. Uh, to marry uh, Ned's sister uh, Lyanna. Lyanna, Liana, yeah, Lyanna Stark. And so the king comes to Winterfell uh, with everybody. He comes with his queen, his mm. son, uh, well, all of his children, really. Uh, his son Joffrey, Tommen, and Marcella. Yeah, uh, he's a huge, yeah, he's a
1: king. He comes with the entourage. Yep. But before uh, that is this outstanding scene. It's fantastic. It's Ned Ed, excuse me. Whatever the hell his name is. Ned. And he's hearing from you know, he's discussing this with his uh with his wife, with the cat. And they're in they're in his room.
0: And he's also this discuss- actually discussing discussing <clears throat> It's after what? It's after the king comes. But they discuss it. Oh,
1: that happens after?
0: Yeah, they so there's a scene where they're in the in the God's Wood, uh, and he's like, you know, polishing his sword. Sure. Uh, then the entourage comes, and they and he and the king formally asks Ned to be hand of the king. Um, and then in the evening, him and Kat talk about it. Oh, I'm completely misremembering that because
1: I I usually watch things. No, I don't watch things in order. Sometimes I'll start an episode midway, I'll watch it to Mm -hmm. the end, and then I'll start the episode over and watch it to that midway point. Further confusing my brain. This isn't usually first run-throughs. I thought that they had a discussion before he even shows up. They do, but it's in the Godswood. Not that scene in the bedroom that I'm thinking of where... No, that, that's Because there's that a fantastic game. shot. All right, I'll talk about that fantastic shot after.
0: Okay. So, yeah, they're, they're assuming that Rob's going to ask him to be king. Uh, everyone shows up. The other two people of note are Sander uh who is the prince's uh, bodyguard, Prince yes, Joffrey's bodyguard. fantastic helmet. Mm-hmm. Fantastic quite, a wor- quite a worthless
1: helmet, if you ask me.
0: <laughs> it's worthless, but it looks cool. Uh, <laughs> oh
1: man, does it look cool.
0: It's a dog. It's in the shape of a dog's muzzle. And Jamie Lannister, which is uh, Sir- Queen Cersei's twin brother. Mm-hmm. Which is a very important fact. Fantastic haircut. Awesome haircut. He looks just like Prince Charming from
1: Shrek. Oh my god. He sounds d- just as douchey, too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look douchey later. That's for fucking sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Looks, looks like a fucking fucking demon. So, so Robert, uh, he comes up to Ned, and they, you know, exchange all pe- pleasantries, hello, and then he wants to go straight to the crypt to pay respects to his uh, old fiance, um Ned's sister, mm-hmm. Cersei's. A little ticked off about that. Robert doesn't really care. So him and Ned go to the crypt, uh, visit the grave, and that's where Robert formally asks Ned to be uh, his hand. And Ned says, "I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> not worthy. I mean, that's
1: uh, that's not the same analogy there. Wayne's world. They wanted to be worthy.
0: They wanted, but it. he, but he literally Ned said i 'I'm not worthy it. of.'" He literally said, I'm not worthy of the honor. Uh, yeah, which
1: he was trying to tell, he was trying to say, I don't want this. this. Yeah. Why are you fucking up my fucking shit? Why yeah. are you fucking my shit? I'm, I'm to- fucking happy. Totally I'm fucking happy. you yeah. completely fucking my shit up right now. Why haven't I gone down there in nine years? Nine years, I haven't seen you. And you haven't taken the memo? You haven't gotten the message? Dude, I don't want nothing to do with you or anything down there.
0: Oh, man. Oh, why haven't you
1: talked to me in nine years?
0: <laughs> uh, I've been here, buddy.
1: Uh, dude, I've been, I haven't gone anywhere. And <laughs> that's the point. Northman of the shit. So, yeah. Yeah, and, I'm not and... worthy. No, not a Wayne's World thing. <laughs> I disagree entirely with that uh, estimation. Doesn't want to go anywhere. Oh, God, I'm Go with somebody else. I'm not worthy. More like
0: that. Uh, so Ned is mulling it over uh, with his wife. Here's the scene you were talking about where he, he's in bed of Cat. Mm hmm. During the
1: season. Yeah. They, well, it's just the shot. The shot is Ned thinking, or rather listening, because he has to listen to both sides.
0: Oh, okay. That's a little. So, oh, that's yeah, even
1: further so, back? Further? What? For,
0: well, it's it's that scene, but it's, it's at the end of the scene. So at the beginning of the scene is he's in bed of cat, uh, making fun of how fat Robert is and whether or not he should take the position. Then the maester, uh, which is kind of the uh, kind of the advisor to whatever lord or king they're assigned to. Uh, they're, they're part. Maesters are part of this whole organization. Uh, they're basically the academics of the country. And, it's a fantastic character device. I love yeah. it. Yeah. They, uh, they're the advisors, they're the healers.
1: Yeah, I've never seen any kind of a character device that includes everything that a maester... Maester, not master, a maester. M-A-E-S-T-E-R? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, lo- I-, I love everything that they're about. Because they just like the the, the, the the fucking know-it-alls of the administration.
0: Yeah, they're a really cool organization that you don't really see any kind of real parallel in real life. They're basically neutral. Well, they're supposedly neutral. They ah yeah true. Every single uh, every every single part of academia runs through the Maesters, from history to medicine to everything that has to do with academia Mm -hmm. goes through them. Yep. Now, they're supposedly neutral, but in the books, they, they touch upon this a lot more than in the show. Uh, there are certain characters who are kind of wary of the maesters. And it's like, they're the ones who read all the messages, know everything about the lords and ladies that they, they serve. But they're all part of the, their own organization. Who's to say if they don't, you know, maybe they don't give them every message or change the message. Some of the lords can't read. Uh, so they have to go entirely about what the maester says, you know, as fact, as whatever message they got. Oh, and, so it's more and, of like an Illuminati
1: type of thing. Yeah, they,
0: they're very oh, suspect. There are that. some there are some suspicious lords and ladies that think that the maesters aren't as neutral as they say they are, and they have they have their own plans about how the country should be run, and they kind of. They basically do like little movements here and there to shift things the way they want it to be shifted. They're not playing on taking over per se, mm-hmm. but they yeah. they're definitely all about like maintaining their status as as it is and moving the world as they see it should be moved, or at mm. least their country. Okay, uh, that's really not touched on in the show at all, but it's a really cool part of the book. That's kind of just mentioned in passing uh, from some of the characters. God, they could almost spin off. I really hope they do. Yeah, they could do a whole spinoff on the Maesters. That should spin because uh, those yeah, were and, some of the best characters. Mm-hmm. And they have they, uh, yeah. they have their own college in a town, in a city called Old Town, to called the Secret Keepers. Yeah, and they just so, huge crossover, huge.
1: Later on, mm-hmm. they just yeah. threw some fancy graphics at it. Gave them, gave us, they gave us Jim Broadbent. They threw yeah. that in there, but that's it. You get yeah, you get a few morsels. You get Jim Broadbent. You get a few graphics of what Old Town looks like. What a Library of mm-hmm. Congress back in med- medieval times, mm-hmm. almost a Library of Alexandria type of feel. And that's yeah. that's it. That's all you get. They don't uh, probably don't really... reason why
0: that probably reason why that's all you get is um, they haven't. They like just get to Old Town in the book. They they. Like the next book, they'll probably expand on it a lot more. But basically, what you see in the show is what you see in the book, but the book isn't like nearly. It just starts touching on Old Town. Man, like the last books just starts to touching on Old Town. You you never see Old Town until the last book, and it, you just start to touch on it. it. It's going to be more important probably further down in the books. But yeah. if
1: anybody's listening who is a some sort of creative, please. Well, what's the... Maybe I should ask what the actual fan fiction state is of uh, of where this may go. Has anybody gone any further than than where the books have gone?
0: Yeah. You seem I more mean, there's hot a, to
1: trot on where that stuff is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm there's a lot yielding of fan theories. The,
1: yielding to the fan theories. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, all, that's where we're at. The loose threads. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. There's one guy in particular that uh, goes pretty deep into these fan theories, and he's kind of out there, Preston Jacobs on YouTube. Uh, His name's Preston. I don't trust him.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, PJ.
0: But uh, anyone listening, uh, if you're interested in a lot of these fan theories, and he makes up a lot of them and kind of goes into pretty serious details... Uh, about his fan theories, Preston Jacobs on YouTube. Uh, does he compile does he compile any of this stuff? Is it all just It's just a bunch of YouTube videos. Uh he has he goes into detail like he does like a series, like he takes a topic and does like five videos on it. Mm-hmm. So it's back to the scene and this scene is basically the whole plot of most of the story where the letter that Master Lewin gets and gives to Ned and Cat is from Cat's sister. Uh, what's her face? Uh, Lysa. Outstanding. Lysa. Uh, well, Cat's sister Lysa. <laughs> yeah, it, it's Aaron she was born Lysa Tully. So it gets so she gets a letter from her sister, and her sister basically outlines this plot of the Lannisters to take over the throne. And that the Lannisters killed her husband, John Arryn, the old Hand of the King. Oh, yeah.
1: Begin the beef.
0: Yep. To end all beefs.
1: Between the Starks and the Lannisters. This is it. In case you were wondering where it starts, everyone always wants to go back to where things start.
0: This is it. Yep. The cat throws the letter into the fire and tells Ned all about it. Mm-hmm. And, and Master lewin is there too.
1: Doesn't matter. It's already there. Yep. You can burn whatever evidence you want. It's in. Ed, it's in Ned's. Ed's. Ned's. Ed's. Ned's. Ed's head. Edward's head. Third, and that seed takes
0: root. Yep. So, all right. So, you wanted to talk about the uh, basically the two heads on his shoulder. Oh my god! Such a great seed What a
1: lead-in. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a lead-in for such an outstanding shot. It's just it's just one shot, and you need that. It's just the tip of the mountaintop, because you need everything that you were talking about, Bert, to lead up to that shot. And it's it's your it's your angel and your demon on one side, where the angel is his wife saying what he knows is how he wants to actually act and then there's the devil but the devil isn't like some evil this materialization of a devil in the maester and the maester's saying hey just go down south it's fine the king wants you the king needs you so go but then Catelyn is on the other side of his shoulder as the angel saying you know better dumbass look at history and there's a history there that they don't explore in Season 1. They don't explore till a long time later. And that's this, this brutal fact that the last time the Starks went south, the Starks being Ned's father, Ned's brother, the king
0: burned them alive. The Mad King. And then Master Luwin points out that it was a different time and a different king. Beautiful line. Outstanding. And the king in question is the king that Ned helped
1: put on the throne in the first place. Right. They overthrew this mad king. This mad king that burned his family alive in the court. He and King Robert, the current king. So it shouldn't even be, it really shouldn't even be a question in Ned's head. And it isn't, because he's going to go. He doesn't want to go, but he's going to. He was going to go before that Robert even showed up. He could have sent a raven saying, hey, get your ass down there. But Robert's a cool motherfucker who showed up to ask in person. That's why I... I mean, that's just the beginning of why I love King Robert. The that That's one of the... The
0: worthless king. <laughs> he's pretty worthless. But the, one of the things he's really good at is handling these relationships. He's very charismatic he's fun to be around and people naturally want to follow him he is i guess when you come down to it a leader but what but he's really more of a military leader than a peacetime king right he knows
1: nothing about governing he straight up says it today yeah he,
0: yeah, he knows better. that he uh he's just bored being king and he would rather, I think, die fighting than live, you know, 40 years being king. Mm-hmm. And, That's yep. exactly accurate. So Ned does, as he always does, decide to go with what he's duty-bound to do, and that is to accept being uh, Robert's Hand. Before we go too far into this, one one scene we missed was... Uh, Tyrion's introduction who becomes a very important character <laughs> and you kind of see doing
1: what, what Tyrion is gonna to do.
0: do and he's
1: gonna do it whether you like him not to do it or not and he just did it and just did it five minutes ago and he's ready to do it again <laughs>
0: Yeah, you, you can, in the first five seconds of meeting Tyrion you kind of see what he's about uh, He changing is, haircuts yeah he is very blonde in the first in the first season and gets progressively less blonde, uh, yeah. and his haircut is different. Uh, which is,
1: hey, it's it's a real thing. Yeah, kind of. No, hair, hair does you know from darker. when you're twelve to when you're twenty, not from yeah. when you're Whatever the hell age he starts at, which looks like thirty.
0: Yeah, the scene starts with him chugging a beer uh, while he's getting blown. Yep, that's about right. That's no about right. That 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 is right. That is that is what is happening. And uh, and here you kind of see the first case of uh, the coin phrase from the show, uh, sex position, where things are explained while people are naked and having sex.
1: This is new to me.
0: Uh, well, especially in the first season or two, okay. and I think and this is, I think HBO in general, especially with their flagship shows. They spend like the first two season with like an insane amount of TNA. Hmm. And they, but they eventually trail off as the uh, the show becomes more popular. Because there's about four to five sex scenes per episode in the first season. Yeah, that's
1: what it made it fantastic.
0: Mm.
1: And they wonder why things trail off. Why not mm. just keep on the gas? Straight pedal, from the gas? formula. <laughs> why not just you know, it's not a formula. It's what people want to see. It's life. What are you doing?
0: This, uh, this whore named Roz, who actually becomes a pretty uh, big character down the road She's for a so while. so much more than just a whore. Yeah, she is. Uh, but that's what she starts off as.
1: Quite possibly one of the most important jobs in the history of the world.
0: Uh, so yeah. Now, Roz doesn't exist in the books at all.
1: No doubt you're completely rocking my world here
0: yep that's the, the scene that introduces Tyrion uh, and Roz just in general uh, doesn't exist in the book
1: she's got a name I can't pronounce in real life
0: Yeah, sorry I just it's looked an, her up Esme Bianca or something
1: like that she's British and she doesn't exist in the books nope What an outstanding job
0: Yeah And uh, I I think because of what a good job she does She gets an expanded role in the later seasons
1: How has she not gotten more work? What a crime Esme
0: Bianco So the the two other scenes of note The feast Where the the Lannisters uh, The king And the Starks are all feasting together Except for Jon Snow Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, who is the best, or was presented as the bastard son of Ned Stark, and Catelyn really, really hates him. Uh, it's touched on in the show, but really hammered home in the book, mm-hmm. uh, because Catelyn is a a point of view character in the book, so you actually go into her head.
1: Um, yeah, not enough of that in the show.
0: So he's not at the feast uh, because uh, you know of appearances or whatever, uh, but he does meets few people um he meets Tyrion who's just walking in drunk uh telling him that you know you should uh, embrace being a bastard not take it as a slight and just use it as armor
1: yeah yeah the world
0: won't let you forget yep to not sweat it Tyrion has kind of a soft spot for people that well, people like John that basically remind him of himself—cripples,
1: you know, bastards, and broken things—is things. that what you're yeah. getting at, Ham? Yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, episode
1: four, peoples.
0: Not. <laughs> so, yeah, Tyrion does not have a good relationship with his father because of being a dwarf. Or and... is that episode three? It might be episode. Th- I
1: think it's episode three. Oh man, I missed that one. Three. I missed the mark. Sorry. There's going to be a lot of imperfection in this podcast, unfortunately.
0: Uh, Jon Snow also runs into his Uncle Benjen, uh, yes. his, his dad's younger brother, uh, who is the first ranger in the Night's Watch. Truly the most
1: underdeveloped and the, probably the one of the biggest oppor- missed opportunities they had in this entire show.
0: I suppose, but um, he gets a amount minus- of... About uh, the same amount of screen time as he does in the book. Uh, Benjamin also, oh really? Disappear- yeah, disappears really early, and you uh, actually don't see him yet. He does show up in the in the show again as kind of a half White Walker. That's amazing. Uh, but because considering
1: um, his his role later on, it just seems to me, wow, completely underdeveloped. So he, even in the book, he shows up
0: way later. No, in the book he he. He might not show up at all. There's a character in the uh, book that could be Benjun, but it's not. It's, it, his face is covered. Really? It, some people think it's Benjin. some people don't. Uh, so Really? So, so he hasn't technically showed up in the books yet. That's fascinating. Again, after he disappears.
1: That's amazing. So that puts that... I had no idea. This is blowing okay. my mind. Well, that puts... Uh, That puts some of the later season stuff into context here. Mm -hmm. At least for me, anyway. (laughs) If you're getting some cliff notes, you're getting some crazy-ass cliff notes right now.
0: So the last scene in the show has Bran climbing up a tower, as he does. And uh, as he's climbing up, he hears grunts. (laughs) And being a curious 10-year-old, he uh, investigates what those grunts are coming from. And he walks up and sees Cersei and her twin brother banging on the floor on top of the tower.
1: Oh, yeah. The grunting is in process. This mm-hmm. is brother and sister, by the way, in case you haven't caught up by now.
0: Twin brother and sister. That's right. In the book, it kind of goes into like the mind of what uh, Bran is seeing. He, he basically just thinks they're uh, wrestling naked. As a boy who has no idea what the hell sex is, would yeah, he's like, he's like, what the hell is going on? What's probably seeing it? it for the first time.
1: Yep, and that's what he gets to see.
0: So Cersei and Jamie see Bran is watching them, and uh, he's kind of just looking out from the window. Jamie kind of, you know, pulls them in a little bit. Jamie and Cersei are basically going back and forth, like, "Oh, he saw us." Like, "Yeah, I, I got it." He asks Bran how old he is. Says he's ten and then It's like okay Pushes him right out the Window the things I do for love Mm -hmm. And uh that's where The first episode ends
1: Yeah Quite starkly (laughs) (laughs) Ha Yeah it's 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 brutal There's no lead in there's no Warning there's no Weird shot to give you any kind of an idea that this kind of stuff is, is going on in the background. But it sets you up, man. Mm-hmm. It sets you up for the rest of how dirty
0: Game of Thrones gets. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's kind of a hint. There's a scene we didn't really talk about uh, where Jamie and Cersei, who are still in King's Landing, uh, are looking at the kind of... Uh, I guess, post death ceremony that uh, John Aaron is going through. And uh, they're talking about some secret that John Aaron knew that they hope died with him. They didn't say right. what it was, but you pretty much figure out what it is by the end of the episode.
1: <laughs> There's no figuring it out. They spell yeah. it out very plainly for you. Mm-hmm. And in case this is a trigger warning for anybody else, they don't. Uh... They don't bang quite as vociferously or explicitly mm-hmm. or totally in your face as they do in the first episode
0: earlier in the first episode.
1: It's like what you were saying uh about the rest of the series you know they they lay it on they lay the sex on thick earlier on and and mm-hmm. taper it off, which is too
0: bad, not in so. terms of the
1: incest just.
0: In general Yeah, in this one I think there's Four or five Nude scenes uh Two cases of incest And two beheadings <sighs> Episode one And that's episode one That's the first episode you get
1: Well that's good stuff, I think that's a pretty mm-hmm. good recap Yep
0: yeah. So that is the first episode Of Game of Thrones Uh We'll continue on Episode two called The King's Road. Yeah. Alright, so that was our first episode for Game of Thrones. Uh, if you'd like to give us some feedback, comments, questions, uh, you can contact us by emailing us at sticks at gmail.com.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, everyone, thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk to you later. We'll talk at you later. sounds more personable if we say talk with these aren't people